What is the Podcast of Matrix? The Podcast of Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. When you hear the words Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition. Episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. The value of one's looks is completely subjective. Or is it? Inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, we make a hard revisit to a previous episode's not yet recovered item. A cursed compact. A pocket mirror that fosters malice, malfeasance, and death. It's all about the looks you got, baby. But many times, it's more about the looks you had. It's time for the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 2, Episode 14, Face of Evil. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, we've got so much to get to. Let's get straight to the retell of this episode. A graveyard at midday. A woman walks through with a bouquet of flowers. Creepy music plays. And sound twists backwards. And suddenly, we're transported back to Vanity's Mirror? An episode from Season 1 of Friday the 13th, the series? The story is terribly familiar. And that's because it's the continuation of that story. That's right, Mike. We're doing a sequel. We do have a question, however. How is it that Joanne... Helen's sister from that episode, is remembering any of this when she's actually seen none of what is shown. It's all about the magic of flashbacks, Mike. It doesn't really have to make sense. Joanne finally arrives at the grave of her sister, who, according to another flashback, was the one that jumped off the ledge with Scott, killing them both inside that episode. The item that killed them was a cursed makeup compact. It was the first time that an item inside of Friday the 13th the series had not been recovered. We learned that later it was found by Helen's sister, Joanne. The item is still loose. Later on, inside an 80s photo shoot, it's 80s ladies mobsters with shotguns and Tommy guns. So daring. So bad. Just like the music that's shared. Offset sits a model, a blonde. Her name is Tabitha, who Joanne just finished doing the makeup for. Amory, where do you want me? Asks the seasoned impatient model. 
Emery the photographer begins berating Tabitha for her wrinkles and age and everything else that comes with it. She insists that airbrushing will do the job, but it won't. Time to fill in the troughs that Tabitha has under her eyes! As Joanne is asked to help with some other task somewhere on set, Tabitha reaches into Joanne's purse and finds the cursed compact from Season 1, Episode 15, Vanity's Mirror! Meanwhile, across town, at the Curious Goods shop, Mickey and Ryan are tending to a very sick and grumbling Jack Marshak, man of chicken soup action, who is ordered to and then heads back to bed to be sick, at least for a while. Back at the magazine headquarters, a review of the photos that were taken ensues, and the Madam Magazine editor insists that Tabitha, the old model, is finished, and the young girls are the bomb. You have to be perfect in this business, and when it's over, it's over. Joanne goes back to her purse to find something interesting and finds that the compact is gone. Emery, the photographer, is now delivering the bad news to Tabitha, who isn't having any of it. She's tossing everything left and right at the photographer, who then leaves. She flicks open the cursed compact and sees an image of Helen from Vanity's Mirror. Of course she does. Why not? It's perfectly logical somehow. Fits in with the logic so far this episode, Mike. Over at the Curious Goods shop, a phone call is received. It's Joanne. She calls Ryan, but instantly hangs up. She doesn't know what to say because we have time to fill inside of this episode, apparently. So she can't tell him yet. Back at her bungalow, Tabitha, the aging model, is now investigating the possibility of plastic surgery to get her back in the game. The plastic surgeon she's talking to is trying to talk some sense into her. But as she listens, she glances into the compact to view herself and her decline, but instead sees the plastic surgeon's bloodied face? How'd that happen? She accidentally reflects light from the compact into the doctor's face. He stumbles backwards and flies over the railing. He dies. What does his face look like? Well, not so strange. It looks exactly like the one she's witnessed inside the cursed compact's mirror. Now, when she looks into the compact mirror, she's got less wrinkles. Hmm. Her beauty is impacted by death. Hmm. Seems like the cursed item has decided to change what type of curse it's got, Mike. Back at the Curious Goods shop, Joanne has finally come in and admits to Ryan, Mickey, and Jack that she's had the compact this whole time and that it's been taken. They plan on investigating each location that she's been to and hope... Hope that nobody dies. Back on the next photo shoot inside a boxing gym, Joanne is ushering around Ryan and Mickey. Emery, the photographer, wants them to be gone. No strangers on set. Emery suddenly notices a revitalized, previously aged model who is now on set. It's Tabitha. Tabitha has arrived to say goodbye to Madam Magazine Editor. After seeing Tabitha's gorgeous looks, Madam Magazine Editor berates Emery and declares, Emery, you fool. Tabitha is so beautiful. She's on the shoot tonight. Joanne is making the rounds to see if anyone has seen the missing cursed gold compact. Emery hasn't seen it. Tabitha? Nothing there. Lying through her teeth. The hunt goes on. Back at the Curious Goods shop, Ryan and Mickey return empty-handed. They also find that Jack Marshak, 
Man of action, sick in bed, but still researching, has found out that a local plastic surgeon has died slash been killed and suspects Tabitha's involvement as the potential killer. Back on set, Joanna's sharing with Tabitha that the bags around her eyes are returning. And they are! Tabitha dons some huge sunglasses to visit with Madam Magazine editor. It's all up to Tabitha to do her best tonight, and so it's time to figure out who to kill next. Ryan and Mickey are trying to share the details with Joanne, who can't believe that Tabitha could be involved. Tabitha is making rounds and sees Smoking Sandy, who has a very unique look. Tabitha looks into the compact and sees a screaming, burning, charred, ready-to-die Sandy, who is currently smoking a cigarette and spraying her hair with hairspray. A very interesting combination to be sure until... She ignites! fulfilling the vision and restoring Tabitha's beauty. Shortly thereafter, Sandy is being catered to by EMS. Not so shockingly, Tabitha is ready for the spotlight. She demands that the shoot continue regardless of Sandy's cookery. Seeing the change in Tabitha's attitude, Joanne remembers again in another flashback from season one, episode 15 of Friday the 13th, the series, Vanity's Mirror. The facts are stacking up that Tabitha is now on a killing spree to power the restoration of her looks and fervor. Diabolical, Mike. Emery visits Tabitha's bungalow, apparently to grovel or booty call or something else. She runs upstairs to run a bath while Emery takes on a phone call. During the phone call, he shares his intention to make Tabitha share a photo shoot. What? Tabitha overhears this and then stares menacingly into the gold compact. Back at the Curious Goods shop, Mickey, Ryan, and Jack are reviewing the mechanics of how the compact works, at least inside this episode that's completely different, so that the audience is clear, or not, and why Tabitha is the likely suspect and or killer. Back on set, a huge sunglass Tabitha is making her usual rounds. Joanne begins sorting through Tabitha's purse. Sorting, 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 sorting. Nothing's there! Emery finally shares his intentions for the show with Tabitha. Oddly, she gleefully takes it in and then heads towards her overcoat to get the curse compact. As she removes her glasses to look into the mirror, everyone can now see that she's rivaling a raisin when it comes to wrinkles. Joanne sees Tabitha with the curse compact, and it's time to press on inside this episode and continue the story. No, it's not. It's time for yet another flashback. It's still true. Joanne is still horrified by the power of the compact, just like she was inside of Season 1, Episode 15, Vanity's Mirror. The photo shoot begins! Emery is taking photos left and right of the newer, younger model, Kamichi. Ooh la la, it's so beautiful. Emery is completely taken with her, and it's time for more makeup! Back in wardrobe, Joanne is now checking out Tabitha's overcoat and finds... Nothing! The photo shoot and cheesy 80s music continues. As the untold number of photos are collected, Tabitha shines the compact into both Emery and Kamichi's faces. Suddenly, the lighting assembly from above crashes down and kills Emery by electrocution. Kamichi lives but is now horribly deformed. In the chaos, Joanne is able to snatch the compact from Tabitha. The fight is on! Tabitha eventually retrieves the compact, but even though she tries hard, is unable to shine it into Joanne's face. 
Ryan and Mickey arrive to save Joanne from the compact's errant shine. In the milieu, Tabitha ends up shining the compact into the opposing wall's mirror, into her own face. Her face withers into a not-so-special special effects mess, killing her, her beauty, and most of the interest inside this episode of Friday the 13th, The Theories! From now on, into the future, when Joanne visits the graveyard, she carries two bouquets for the ladies who have fallen to the power of the cursed compact. The compact itself has finally been... Recovered! Every episode of Friday the 13th has goods and bads. It's time to focus on the good. The concept of a sequel. Let's be plain. I think that revisiting really, really good stories is a really, really good idea. Yeah, yeah. Every time it can be done and it doesn't instantly feel like it's a cash grab, I'm all on board. Right. I think that many stories, and we've talked about it inside of Friday the 13th several times, where we're introduced to a story or, more importantly, an item. Mm -hmm. I think our last episode where we focused on the lantern is a really great sample. Yeah. Where that could propel a series of episodes, not just one and probably not just two more than that. Where it could be something that you come back and you revisit, and it's just, it's got this, it's got the fizz. Yeah, yeah. It allows right. you to sit there and milk it, and and it it doesn't feel strange. It's when you start jumping into four and five of things, and it feels <laughs> like a Roman numeral is just being added to be added. That's when it often starts to just feel like it's just either a cash grab or, not even so much a cash grab, but it's just it's revisiting something familiar. Because it's easy, and you can go back to it, and who cares, right? Well, the answer is that a lot of people care. Yeah, yeah. And so I love it when we go back to something that has not only the power to power a a sequel, but then is also taking into a new direction a little bit of storytelling. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Especially when it's revolving around an item that was never recovered. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching reviewing and and recording the episode for that for vanity's mirror from season one i'm like holy crap this item's still out there yeah you know it could fall into anybody's hands anybody could walk by it yeah on the, on the campus there and yeah it's, the it's, bush, a, it's right? a it's a high school campus any yeah. any kid could come across it and who knows what dangers could unfold uh, well now we know and knowing's half the battle <laughs> how, how incredibly 80s fitting that's great. i know anyway I know. The, the concept of a sequel the uh, concept I'm, of a sequel I, I love the concept of a sequel and especially when there's something to power it there's there's nothing there's nothing quite as vitalizing ironically mm-hmm. as yeah. the concept of having a sequel that can be propelled by something that deserves it living in the 80s this is unabashedly a sample of 1980s living, in particular inside of photo shoot slash entertainmentsville 80s. Oh, that hair. The hair. The, the hair. The magazine personalities, the photographer, the attitudes inside on a, on a set back then. All of that is very, very 80s entertainment. And it's a, it's a, it's a great sample of a snapshot, haha, mm-hmm. of going back to that time, but then also just clearly a visual showcase Again, the milking of what happens inside of the photo shoots is almost disgusting. Yeah. And I, I think that that was intentional. Yeah. But there were several times where if it wasn't filled in with a flashback, then it was filled in with, okay, it's time to 
get on the teats of the 80s photo shootness because the whole looking at the photographers, he's twisting the camera back and forth, even though it's not shooting a picture. It got very thick very quickly with that. Right, right. Well, they, they used a handful of gimmicks for this episode. And one of them, the photo shoot sections, reminds us that, yes, this was an 80s show. And some episodes, you can over you can even overlook it. You know, it just looks like a, an aged show. Mm-hmm. It's an older show because of mm-hmm. the way it's shot. Right. This one, you can't get away from how 80s the 80s were. Yeah. The dire nature of youth eternal in entertainment. This is something I, I think we've started seeing an ebb. And again, entertainment's made up of ebbs and flows, so it'll All eventually right. revert back. But the care and interest in seeing especially older female actresses inside of parts and getting roles and establishing presence is right now, I think, on an all-time high, where especially back then, if you were maybe into your 20s, your days were over. It, it was time to hang them up. Where right now we've got... Modeling, yes. Modeling, if you were mid-20s and you you start aging, as in, you know, the the wrinkles and stuff like that. Shape of your face starts to change. 30 in in the entertainment business, especially for film and television. 30 was even a dangerous place. Uh, Really, 30 was a dangerous place for film. You could still get away with it in television. But even then, you're getting cast in the... The mom roles or the mm-hmm. the wacky aunt roles kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I, I think the other the other huge impact that had inside the entertainment industry was the advent of HD television. Oh yeah, because that instantly changed the landscape. Uh, or where I really noticed it was for a bunch of people that I'm tethered to who are inside of the news industry mm-hmm. on television. Yeah, where. No longer can you kind of pass anymore. <laughs> right. When every poor, every divot, any any blemish that you've got instantly becomes a mountain. Yeah. Inside of HD television, I, I remember that vividly, and it, it, it's true. You know, things change, and unfortunately, the want and perspective inside of most things entertainment is that as you get older, the interest in you just becomes lesser. Yeah, And it's not always the case. Again, we start talking about nowadays when you start looking at the treasure trove of actresses that we do have that can really pull off really great parts. And especially now with the ability to throw in now the youngerized CGI-ness, mm. it, it, it opens up a, a new avenue for actresses that probably wasn't there previously. But it's still a stigma. It is. And it, it's, a, it's a huge speed bump that I know that especially actresses have to prep for and then mount an offensive on and then somehow hopefully get on the other side of the hill unscathed and i don't think most of them do yeah this episode does a really great job of conveying the concept of how much pressure we put on females specifically Mm -hmm. age has always been a a big issue in the entertainment Mm -hmm. industry despite gender it's worse for women because men have been graced with being able to age in a a very different way we don't look as and this is not me saying this but we don't look as bad 
as we get older. It, it is so, unfair. So somehow the pathway to distinguishment <laughs> right. is there for men where that is not the case for women, like at all. And uh, exa- uh, yes. it's not there. And the thing is, though, is that I think more, and especially today, now, today, we are getting more of the fact that age doesn't matter as long as you have talent. Right. If you still have the talent that you had at 20, well, fine, great. It shouldn't matter what you look like. This is a great snapshot. This episode of Friday the 13th, the series, is a great snapshot of how things were perceived on women, especially in the modeling world, Mm -hmm. of what kind of pressure to look young. The machine. The the, the hamburger grinder of back then. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great snapshot that's yanked out of what was and shows you what was back then now. It's great. Those were the goods we had inside this episode. What did you think was good about this episode? Let us know what you think by going to our website over at Curious Goods Podcast. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you thought. Every episode of Friday the 13th, the series, comes with goods and bads. We've covered the goods. Now let's take a look at some of the not-so-goods. Too many flashbacks... Equal almost a clip show. I got real scared when this started here, Nick. Yeah. The the visit back to... I, I, the, the, here's the good thing. That, that episode, season one, episode 15, Vanity's Mirror, that girl was so hag-like and, and impactful instantly when you see her mm. that that visceral flavor helped me get over that, oh my God... This is not going to be a clip show, is it? It helped me get over that. Right, right. And so that's good. Because we're going back to a really great episode. Right. Had it been back to something that was a little bit lackluster, I'd have been way, way over the overboard. Yeah. Disappointed that they'd have chosen ripcord. Ripcord would have been pulled real early. Yeah, I, I, I have never been a fan of flashback shows, clip shows, bottle episodes, all of that stuff where they go and they grab stuff that was. And it's because they either just didn't have time to film or they're filling time. I, I've, I've never really understood that. Or they're just trying to save money, something, whatever. But when that happens, it's it's not fun. And in particular, when we've already got the flavor that, oh, oh okay, that's Joanne. Oh, that's Helen's sister from that episode. I'm done. I don't need anything else. I, I Seriously. Right, right. For, I, don't, well, I, and- I don't need to be redeposited back to have us show what kind of pity party joanne's got to have that will also then bleed into this i don't need any of that right and and we don't we don't need that because it's like oh okay yeah hell i remember that episode but if somebody didn't see vanity's mirror oh that's fair and there was no way to see it back then and yeah i mean unless you you just waited around for it to rerun somehow it makes more sense and that's why in the beginning of the episode when we're having all those flashbacks it's like okay i get it you're trying to get the audience up to speed yeah. from what they may or may not remember from last season. Yeah. Oh, okay. As long as it takes the time that it, that Joanne gets to the the graveyard to the headstone. Cool. And we did. We wrapped mm-hmm. it up, and I'm like, all right. That should be it. Yeah. That should be the last I of agree. it. But then four or five more times throughout yeah. the episode. And long. They were all long. long. None of them were. None of them were flash. Backs. Right. They were, they were, like they were long clips. Backs. They were long yeah. clips. Yeah. And we Clip even show. make fun of it in the retelling. A lot of the things that they showed her flashbacking to, mm-hmm. Joanne, the character, 
wasn't even there for. Yeah. So how is she supposed to know this? Yeah. And and I get it. It's 80s te- late 80s television. Unless you were actually going to get the actors back to do something different, that's how you did it back then. And I get it. So so I'm not I, again, I'm not going we we poke fun. I'm not going to ding it for that. Mm-hmm. I am going to ding it for the fact that we used several clips, not flashback moments, clips, the same ones a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Long we, ones. Long ones. We don't need to be reminded that much. Mm-hmm. You've reminded us in the beginning, fine. And that's where it ends. What it really boils down to is the writers not being able to come up with sufficient exposition that doesn't sound like exposition. So we're just going to toss in a... 45 second to a minute and a half clip of the old episode so we don't have to worry about putting words yeah. down into somebody's mouth. And and the episode definitely suffers from that. Changing the mechanics of a cursed object. We've said it before, a line of dialogue can can save a plot by just explaining something away. Jack, it somehow feels different. And it's done. Seriously, that's all it's got to be. Uh, right. It doesn't even have to be in- involved. And in this episode, we do have a scene where our, our main characters do have a conversation about how the curse has changed. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that nobody is surprised by the change. This should be something that is so shocking because it's never happened before. Mm-hmm. For you to take... The rules. We we have this universe that we've been plopped into where Uncle Lewis made a deal with the devil and now all these antiques are cursed and these curses fit under a certain set of rules. And now all of a sudden we're saying those rules don't matter. Those rules can change at any point in time depending on who's holding the item. Okay, but since we're spending so much time having the bridge to vanity's mirror let's let's remember the very beginning of that episode when we first see the compact being used it's by a flower lady using it on some high-priced lawyer looking type dude who's buying a flower for his girlfriend and doesn't want to give the ugly flower lady the time of day so again it's still shine 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 oh i love you oh good i'm so glad you love me now walk into the street and get hit by a car <laughs> it doesn't work now jack's explanation of well it seems the curse just changes to the person who's using it uh no no it doesn't i, I, I kind of look at it this way we got about halfway through the episode and we got into I don't know, maybe five or six different clips. <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not being, I don't think I'm, I'm being no, facetious. No, you're not. I, I would love to be able to do a, a, a number and time count. Sure, let's go back. Are... Let's stop now and go back sure, and rewatch we'll, we'll, the let's episode. Do that. Okay. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to yeah, do we're that. We're not doing that. Uh, the, the, the gist, though, is that it, I think it would have been, been as easy for Tabitha to walk into a secondhand shop because she's feeling her woes and needs to spend some money but doesn't have much. And in addition to buying some what she thinks are hot clothes, she also buys a hand mirror that at one time was part of the Curious Goods store. Mm. 
and it doesn't make any difference. You don't have to refer back, and maybe even with the extra time, you have yet another kill inside of this. Yeah, we. I, 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 I wanted to see something different. I don't think we needed the character of Joanna to be the bearer of the the conveyance, the, the conveyance of bringing the item back into play. Yeah, I agree. Because the the it's not back in play, frankly. Well, right. It's she's holding on to it so that nobody else can get it. And because it's a memento of her sister. Okay, those are some really loose reasons. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, she's never opened it. Okay. Yeah, again, it's, it. well, really, this episode doesn't happen if Joanne was just smart enough to go, oh, that cursed antique that those people were looking for that caused all that damage. I better go take it to them right now. We I, don't need, it, it, we don't have a, this episode if that happens. It's a six and a half minute episode. Exactly. The ending special effects extravaganza? Not so special. No, there's nothing special Definitely about these special effects. Not so special. We I, usually praise this show yeah. for the practical effects and the makeup effects that they use because what else do you have? This is how you convey your horror. This one kind of, I think, got away from them a little. I think they spent all of their makeup budget on the previous kills. Making, yeah. You yeah. know, all the yeah. other models with their, their charred faces and things like that. I I think they were just like, well, what do we do? Well, let's just make her look old. I don't know. How I, old? Really old. I, I was looking for something that didn't look like they shot her in the face with a glue gun. That's what I yeah. was looking for. Yeah. And that's what we got. It it was it was reasonably stylized and cheap and obviously that same woman with a bunch of crap on her face. Rather than, right, and and then a bad wig to make it look gray. Yeah, or maybe they just gray put streaks of gray in her hair. Yeah. I think that's another thing that we have to bring up here, though, is what exactly does the curse affect? Was it age mm-hmm. or beauty? Yeah. Because if it was age, then then I understand why she turned into a hag and her hands were even, because she aged rapidly. Mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm, it's beauty, then it should have just been her face was was withered and died, and the rest of her body should have stayed the same. And I think that would have looked better, because then she's got that beautiful, still beautiful blonde hair, but now her face is just, ugh. Well, I wanted to see the muse, an old woman actor. Eh. Well, that, I mean, yeah. If we're I going, want. if and we're then, going for the D H, and then if thing, you yeah. want the beautiful, the end, my opinion should have been panning from beautiful shoes to beautiful thighs to beautiful chest to the top of a beautiful bouquet of blonde hair, and her her head leans up and she goes, eh. and it's all raisin face, real life old person. Yeah. That would have made so well, much that would more have been, sense. That would have made more sense, but I don't know how they'd pull it off. Uh, it, look, if they can pull off a number of things that we've seen them pull off inside this show, <sighs> that could be pulled off. Wishful thinking. The, the thing that we all have to remember, though, going forward, is always moisturize. <laughs> Those were the things that we thought needed some work in this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. But we want to know what you thought could have used a little bit of polish. Head on over to our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com and let us know what needed a little work. It's time to take a break during this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We will be right back. 
Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. Editing podcasts can be ugh, rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating a podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content and they're ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 2, Episode 14, Face of Evil. Every time we come back from break, it's time for Nick and I to break open our manifest moments. Our manifest moments are where Nick and I recognize either an actor's portrayal, something inside the storyline that struck us, or something else that tripped our collective review night. Fantastic. Nick, what have you got? Well, I know we just spent a a portion of time during the bads talking about how poor the ending special effects were, but my manifest moment is going to be everything else special effects-wise. All of the other makeup worked beautifully oh. in this episode. I'll get on board with that. Even even giving the model Tabitha the the crow's feet, the lines yeah, on her eyes, that. and then boom, they're gone later on. I'm very impressed with that. That's that why looks I was natural. So struck with what happened at the end. Right, right. That, that's I, well, I mean that's why it's in the bad, man. Yeah, that's why I, it was in the bads. Yeah. Even the uh the stupidity, she deserved I don't want to say she deserved it, but I do want to say she deserved it. The model who was smoking a cigarette while putting hairspray in her hair she had it coming if you're not smart enough to know don't put an open flame uh, to aerosol then I, I, you get what you deserve was that too harsh is that too hard you th- I, I don't think so in fact tabitha too- didn't have to do any mechanics at all inside of that she did it all on her own it's not like tabitha goes hey you need some more hairspray right tabitha didn't have to actually do anything <laughs> 
It was the stupidity of that model right. that caused her. And that burn, that burn was a great looking burn. Mm -hmm. I loved that makeup. And uh, poor, poor, uh, what, Kamichi? I don't know what they did. I mean, her eye, her eye looked like it was punctured and she had a scar coming down her face onto her cheek. Loved, that, loved those effects. But then we get that lackluster de-aging thing there at the end. So I wanted to make sure that my manifest moment for this episode was us acknowledging how great the rest of the special effects for this episode were. Yeah, I, I think that's extraordinary. My manifest moment inside this episode has got to be the falling of the light assembly onto Kamichi and now electrocuted Emery. Yeah. This was really well done. I, I was looking for this to be really, really stupid, and it turned out not being really no, stupid No, no, it was actually pretty the, cool. It, it, I thought it was excellent. I also love that it wasn't just Kamichi also getting electrocuted. It's that sh they took the time to go, okay, well, what's going to really screw her up? And the answer is deform her face. Yes. Yeah, deform her face. Yeah. That, that is that is perfect. And then the shocking conclusion of Emery. I thought I thought that that was great for a guy that really deserved at least being electrocuted yeah. to death. Well, I even remember while we're watching the episode, as they're hoisting that up, as they're getting the shoot ready, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's killing that's somebody. somebody. Yeah. That, we're, we're calling it, and then it happens, <laughs> and it's, it is a home run. Yeah. It is a total home yes. run. It's like, wow, that looks great. Yeah, it was the home run of the episode. What, what I also did want to comment on is I also loved the bursting into hairball flame <laughs> of uh, Smoking Sandy. Smoking Sandy. Who then only has a small burn scar on the left side of her face when her entire head was aflame. It, it was a giant ball of fire. Well, I, she's got half of her face as charred. Her hair looked all I, right, though. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It, it was terrible. It should have been just... It, It'll grow back. It, it should have been something we saw inside of Beetlejuice. That's what it should have been. Anyway, that's where we ask you guys, what was your manifest moment for this episode? Season 2, episode 14. Face of Evil. Go to our website over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you would put as your manifest moment inside this episode. Vocabulary. It's time for vocabulary. The words that we recognized inside this episode that make their mark. Our first word, according to our friends over at VisualThesource.com, is... Crow's feet. Crow's feet. We're all getting them. I also now notice them much more spectacularly. They'll, they'll come, Nick. Don't worry. They're Nick not, they're not here face. yet. Yeah. They're not here yet. Nick not, I'm just face. going to call them laugh lines. <laughs> it's okay because they make us distinguished. They make us distinguished. Right, yes. So we're good. It's fine. Okay, so crow's feet, again, as described by our friends over at visualthesaurus.com, are... A wrinkle in the skin at the outer corner of your eyes. And I know all of you right now are looking in either the camera of your phone or in a compact mirror to see if you have them. And if you do, good on you. We're not going to set you on fire. Yeah, well, right, right. Doesn't matter what your age is, as long as you feel fit. Was that inspiring enough? I don't know. I'm not that inspirational. Incredibly inspiring. Our second word in our vocabulary segment for this episode is fledgling. I was looking for a word that would help us depict a new upcoming model. And when we got to this, I thought because we'd first used crow's feet that this might actually be the one. 
And so it is. It's our second word, fledgling, which is described as a number of things. The first definition is any new participant in some activity, like a model. Yep. Or a young bird that has just fledged or become able to fly, which is also indicative of a model and their career as it buds. And that's where we ask you guys, what vocabulary did you find inside this episode that we can share? Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us which vocabulary words you would include. Episode rating. We arrive at the rating for this episode, Season 2, Episode 14 of Friday the 13th, the series... Face of Evil. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. A glorious 80s photo shoot featured in the next Duran Duran video. A 1 is on the bottom of the heap. A young fledgling model full ablaze after screwing up the combination of smoking cigarettes and flashing hairspray. Everything starts at a 7 as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick... There are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got? Just to reiterate a little bit of what we've talked about uh, in our goods, our bads, and our manifest moments, I like the concept of trying to revisit either a character or an item Mm -hmm. where the show is concerned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that actually is a... That's a smart idea that you didn't see happening Back then with shows. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, two-parters, that's that's something, yeah, everybody was doing two-parters. But actually revisiting events in another season and trying to continue the story, that's pretty ambitious. So I have to give them credit for trying, mm-hmm. but the problem is, is that they didn't try hard enough for me. Mm-hmm. The over-usage of the flashback material, ah, come on, guys. It's a crutch if you let it be a crutch. Yeah. And it was definitely a crutch in this episode. I don't find the character of Joanne all that interesting. She wasn't all that interesting in Vanity's Mirror. Mm-hmm. And she's not interesting here. Yeah, I agree. She's, she's kind of just the through character that gets us to where we need to go. And I, okay. But, I mean, if we're going to revisit an, a cursed item that is now out there cursing again... Let's up the stakes and let's make it make sense. And unfortunately, because I didn't get any of that, I have to rate this episode a six. I think one of the funny details of our program is that our, I won't call it second guessing, mm-hmm. but our, our being able to jump into the we get to watch it this far after it's been captured and showcased to an audience and yeah. our own perspectives of it. I love that we can come up with other ideas that might have helped enhance this episode mm-hmm. and or the whole series as a, as a whole. It's terribly frustrating because there's so many good things inside this episode yeah. and there could have been more. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's, that's where I, I'm not angry that they gave us a, I'm going to call it a clip show because it is, <laughs> there's far too many clips inside this episode. There was at least original material that allowed me to not go, yep, it's a clip show show at the end of this. So there's that. But, man, that is such 
a speed bump to climb over to try to get to the, the eventual storytelling. Thankfully, the young actress that played Tabitha inside of this was so impactful and the assholish flavor of Emery was so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And the Madam magazine editor who had almost no lines inside of this, but I thought had a, a great impact inside of this episode had impact. Mm-hmm. I think if you've seen the first one, and you'd seen the second one, and we take into account your ironical comment that back then there was no way to revisit this. So they have to use the clips and mechanism of flashback because there's no way to reference it otherwise. I got to go up a number from yours and go to an average of seven. That's where we ask you guys, what did you think of this episode? Where is it on the scale? Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you would rank this episode. Nick, I've been revitalized in my career choice from this episode. I have divined that I need to get back into photography. And you, sir, are going to be my model. My ladder that I can climb to greatness. Please, no. Bikini's in the other room. Get Uh, it on. Does... Does this bathing suit make me look fat? Uh, no, not really. Parse your lips a little bit more. Oh, that's great. Oh, Nick, you're lovely. Great work. Now twist your back around just a little bit, Nick. Oh, perfect. Brilliant, brilliant. I, I don't want to do oh, this. Oh, Nick, don't you cry. Your, <laughs> ma- your makeup's going to run and ruin my pictures. I don't want to do this anymore. Eye of the tiger, Nick. Eye of the tiger. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed. A ten is on top of the heap. A young, fledgling model, full of blaze after smoking with hairspray. That's a ten? I guess that should probably be the one. That should probably be the one. Okay. And and this goes into... Don't your phone! It's not my phone. My phone is always silenced. Because I'm a professional. Can I continue now? I guess so. Oh, good. Because I can't remember what I was talking about. Mm. Uh, I think I'll just step on your toes. Of course you will. Why did you say that name? And that you use that you use that joke last week. Come on, get some new material.